I'm going to talk about water in the Word. We've talked about doors in the Bible. We've talked about windows in the Bible. If you don't have those series, you can get them at the tape table in the upper foyer. If you'd like to get some of these CDs of preaching and singing and music, if you're here today for the first time as a soldier or you're here today uh, with your, a family member, uh, we would uh, love to let you know that there, there are music tapes of the music you hear here and the preaching tapes are up in the upper foyer. There is a tape ministry area up there. You're welcome to go up there. Windows, doors, and then uh, the last one we preached on was islands that we must be cast upon. Islands in the Bible. What the Bible has to say about some of the islands that we are deposited on. Then we're going to look at water in the Bible or water in the Word out of these two chapters, Exodus chapter number 14 and 15. If you will look in Exodus 15 and 10, you will find out that the Bible talks about mighty waters. Look in Exodus 15 and 10. It says, uh, Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. Talking about the Egyptians. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. We're going to look at these mighty waters that stood up, the Bible says, in a heap on the right hand and the left. And the Lord led them through with a high hand. Boy, if I'd have been eating a boiled egg, I'd have swallowed it whole when I can't read my Bible and eat. My goodness, I'd be 500 pounds quick. It it is wonderful to see what God does. He said, I, uh, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Then in chapter 15 and verse 22, we see missing waters. Notice what it says. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Shur. They've just come through mighty waters. But the Bible says they live, he leads them out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. They go from water, water everywhere to not a drop to drink. Isn't that the Christian life? Then it goes on to talk about Mara waters. In this same chapter, verse 23, and when they came to Mara, they could not drink. They found water, but they couldn't drink it for the waters were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara, or bitter waters. Boy, life in the Christian faith sometimes can get bitter. But then, look at Exodus 15 and 27, you'll find, And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water. And I call that many waters. You start out, with mighty water. The chapter ends up with many waters, but in between, there's a struggle. And today, I want to look at that first one. Mighty waters are waters that picture 
our deliverance. I'll only take one point and talk to you for a few moments about it. We'll be done. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for building this church out of the hollow of your hand. Thank you, Lord, that it's not been because people had good sense. It's not because people were educated. It's not because people were uh, literate. It's not because people were brilliant. The only reason this place is here is because the Lord dug it out of the hollow of His own hand. And I want to thank you, Lord, for loving us and caring for us like you have. In Jesus' name, take the Word of God now and dig it deep within our heart. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Look at Exodus 14 or 15 and 10. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty water. Now I want you to notice something if you will. Write this down somewhere. The Lord showed it to me at the last moment. I didn't get to pin it. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit just pricked my heart with it. If you go to the book of uh, Exodus chapter 12, you'll find the story in there of the blood atonement or uh, the blood anointing where they killed uh, a sheep or a Passover lamb and they took the blood and sprinkled it on the doorpost and on, on the posts of the door and the lintels of the door of every house. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the Jews held to the Passover and still do in Orthodox Judaism. Exodus chapter 12, we have a picture of the blood of Jesus. We have a picture of redemption in the blood of that lamb. When you come to Exodus chapter 14, we have the rolling back of the sea. Uh, there you have a great picture of baptism. You have the death in chapter 12, and you have burial in chapter 14 and part of 15 as they sang the rejoicing song of Moses. And Miriam danced with tambourine in hand and rejoiced over God's goodness. And when you go on into 15, uh, chapter 15, it says, they went three days into the desert with no water, waiting on resurrection. So we have death in chapter 12 in the Passover lamb. You have burial in chapter 14 and 15 when the waters came back in on the enemy. And then you have resurrection in the latter part of chapter 15. And today, I want you to look at waters that picture our deliverance. Watch with me, if you will, please, and we'll look at Exodus 14, verses 5 through 9, and we'll see a people like we were when we were without Christ, a people like we were when we were hopelessly lost. How many of you remember when your life was fruitless and fading fast into nowhere quick until Jesus came by and touched your life? I said, how many of you remember when you were a defeated people? We see in this portion of Scripture a defeated people. These people were building bricks 
and they were building pyramids and they were out of straw and mortar. And Pharaoh had them under his thumb. Pharaoh, a picture and a type of Satan. He had them where he wanted them and he used them like trash. He used them for his own vain good and his own vain glory. There is a real problem in that they were put out and they were used in common labor for the enemy. I remember how it was before I was saved. I too was laboring for the one who hated me. I was laboring in a labor for the one that cared not for me. I was a soldier of a black cross. I was a soldier of satanic influence. My life was going nowhere. Drugs tried to influence it. Alcohol tried to influence it. Sex tried to influence it. But I'm glad today to know that my life did not stay in that holding pattern. I'm glad to know one passed by who was a hope and a help to my life. Have I got anybody in church this morning that can remember before the the cross made an impression on you? Your life was hopeless and helpless and aimless and without power. But praise God, aren't you glad it didn't stay like that? First of all, waters that picture our deliverance. These waters picture a defeated people. A people who were detoured. They were disappointed. They were in delusionment. They were living their life without hope and without help. Oh, and then the Bible says Pharaoh decided they'd turn them loose in verses 5 through 9. The Scripture tells us they got mad and God hardened his heart and he put Israel between the devil and the deep blue sea with mountains on both sides. Here comes Pharaoh after him. I mean, he's coming down the valley with chariots busting wide open, horses breathing and hooves stomping and tromping in the ground. He's coming. Isn't that just like Satan in your life? Even when you're on your way to redemption, even when you're on your way to change, even when you're on your way to overcoming the flesh, the devil does everything he can to harness up the horses and to harness up the chariots of hell. And they come after you. And they move towards you. But I'm not talking about waters of disease. I'm not talking about waters of depletion. I'm talking about waters of deliverance. Give the Lord praise this morning if you're glad. God is still in the delivering business. (laughs) Our flesh is so rank. Our flesh is so rotten. Our tongue is so vile. Our lust is so prominent. Our wickedness is so present. Aren't you glad to know that there is redemption in Christ? There's deliverance in these waters that I'm talking about. There's a defeated people. Number two, these waters picture not only a defeated people, but a desperate plea. Notice what happens in 14 and 10. Pharaoh drew nigh. The children of Israel looked to the right, a mountain so high 
They looked to the left, mountains that were so tall. They looked in front, and there was the Red Sea. They looked behind them, and that's where this verse is written. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid, and here it is, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. The first thing we see in these pictured waters, we see a depleted people in Egypt living their lives toiling for the flesh, toiling for the power of darkness, toiling for the enemy. But then God sets up a rescue route. God sets up deliverance and sends them towards the water. But when they get out there, they don't know what they're going to do. They got problems on the right, problems on the left, problems in the front, and Satan behind them. There they are boxed in. What are they going to do? Send off to Tulsa for a tape? What are they going to do? Find some charismatic leader to lead them out on the cable? What are they going to do? Hunt Nana and Papa and ask them what they can do for them? Oh no, they're going to look up because the only place where there isn't something stopping them is up. Sometimes in your life you'll look left and there's high and mighty difficulty. You'll look to the right and you'll see peaked, tolling, I mean tall problems on every side. You look behind you and the devil's breathing down your neck. You look in front of you and impossibility lingers. But hey, when you look up, hallelujah to God, I said when you look up, there's hope from heaven. Somebody help me, praise God. Oh, I believe it's safe to say that God will allow certain things to come against us to cause us to cry out to Him. Lost people will cause Him to put them in a place where they'll cry out to Him. Loose people, God will let trouble come so you'll cry out to Him. And this morning, let me say something to you. God is here if you're lost. God is here if you're loose. God is here if you're lonely. God is here if you're lonely. God is here. Say that with me. God is here. And God's concerned about what's going on in this place. Let me ask you a question. Have you found the waters of deliverance in your life? Have you found a way out of Egypt? Have you found that Jesus is worthy? Have you found the Holy Ghost is real? Have you found that God the Father is faithful? Have you found the pathway out laden with God's fingerprints and God's compassion and God's companionship? Aren't you glad? Praise God. We're not still in Egypt. We may not be in glory yet, but we're not still in Egypt. We may be wandering in a wilderness, but we're not still in Egypt. Praise God, somebody. Holla, yes. I'm glad we're not still in Egypt. And I'm not there because of my desperate plea. Notice 
if you will. Thirdly, I got two more and we're done. I want you to notice, thirdly, a dynamic power. And I want you to notice what happens when you call out on God. Somebody's here this morning with a sack full of trash. And they're saying, what about your God in relation to my trash? What about your Savior and your religion in relation to my emptiness and my filth and my ungodliness? Preacher, I got a great need. Well, (laughs) congregationalist, I have a great God who will help you through if you'll trust Him. And we, we, the waters of, of, of deliverance, we see a defeated people using them. We see a desperate plea as they cry out on God. Then we see God's dynamic power, the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. He had been leading them out front in that pillar of uh, fire and cloud, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. It moved behind them. Look, verse 20. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. I sure am glad to know that not only is there a defeated people coming out of Egypt like we were, but they have a desperate plea to God and God's ear now is not deaf that it can't hear. His arm is not short that it can't reach down and help. He hears that desperate plea and he kicks in on a dynamic power. And all of a sudden, glory and supernatural movement takes place. And that's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. That's how the Holy Spirit done something wonderful for all of us. It's not by religion. It's not by counterfeit power. It's not by your way and my way or our way. It's a supernatural act of God when somebody gets deliverance through the waters of deliverance. (laughs) Give Him praise and glory this morning. (laughs) The angel of God Move the cloud and the pillar of fire. And now Israel is cut off from the enemy. And they couldn't see them. They couldn't see them. And they're cut off. And a supernatural act is about to take place. That water is going to roll back. I heard Warren Wiersbe say this on tape. He said that in order for one and a half million to three million Jews to cross the Red Sea, that there was no way that opening where they went across could be less than five miles wide. And they went in on dry ground. You say it was shallow water. No, that you've got to get you a King James Bible. No, they didn't find the stumps where they cut them down either and practiced the journey. If three and a half million Jews, if you get any of them use the same stump, you was a miracle worker. Oh, no, it wasn't shallow water. One commentator said, well, it was a time when the water was, was drying up. 
and it was two foot deep, and they went across on shallow water. That's how it really happened. So he could explain the miracle-working power away and put it in a human cavity and try to make it human. But I'm glad I have a, a supernatural working God who don't need nobody's explanation on how he does. It said dry ground, and praise God, that means it ain't wet. And the Bible says they went across on dry ground while the cloud and the fire is holding the devil at bay. Now I'm going to tell you what's going to hold the devil at bay in your life. It's not going to be your discipline. It's not going to be your church attendance. It's not going to be your Bible memory. It's not going to be your prayer life. All of that has a place. All of that's important. All of that is, is adequate. And all of that certainly ought to be present in every one of our lives. But I'm going to tell you who's really going to get the job done is when the fire of God and the power of the shadow of God steps between you and the powers of darkness and gives grace to your life while you walk through to deliverance. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a dynamic power. All night long it gave light to the Israelis and pitch darkness to the Egyptians. Now let me ask you a question. If you got a headache this morning, if you got a financial dilemma this morning, if you got a setback this morning in any area of your life, let me ask you a question. A God who can do that can't fix you? A God who can do that can't fix your situation? I don't think your situation qualifies to be impossible. I don't think your situation qualifies to be highly improbable. I don't think your situation qualifies enough that it might stump God. I'm here to tell you from the top of the balcony all the way around to the bottom of the floor, all the way to the platform, there's a God wrapped around the service and a God intermingled in the service who is a supernatural working power that will help you to take your life through next week in the totality of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. The waters that picture our deliverance. Number one, we see a defeated people. Remember, I want you to think back with me. Remember when you were depleted and defeated? Tried to drink it to find joy, shoot it to find hope, snort it to try to get happy. And now all it takes is I'm amazed. There is a fountain filled with blood. Or a gospel preacher standing flat-footed and preaching that book to your heart. And people wonder, why do you get so church acclimated and, and churchy on Sunday? It's because we take vitamins on the Lord's Day. It's because we're on a strict diet of gospel-ordered stuff that's growing our spiritual man to the grace and place God wants. And then a dynamic power which leads, number four and the last one, to a drowned past. Look at Exodus 4, 23 to 28. And I said unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. 
it came to pass, and it goes on to read down through there. Look at verse number, uh, are we in the right chapter here? We got the right verses? Chapter number 24, or chapter number 4, verse 23. The Bible says these waves and this water heaped up on the right hand and heaped up on the left. The power, the supernatural power of God shut off the enemy from the Israelites and allowed them to walk through on dry ground. And then the power renewed itself to the Israelis, came down, and the Egyptians saw them and hated them so bad, and their heart was so hardened, just like Satan, he'll come into your victory, he'll come into your dry place, he'll come into your overcoming, he'll come into the place where God is working in your life, He'll come into your supernatural movement. He'll come into where you are. He'll come in and try to steal what God's doing. He'll come in and try his best to snatch out the supernatural power of God. But I want you to notice what happened. God led them far enough away and led them far enough over to where many of them was on the bank and was turning around looking. And here come them horse hooves. Here comes their nostrils blazing. Here come the hair standing up on their back. And here come the chariot riders with whips of flame and chariots rolling. And all of a sudden, a drowned passed. The one who held the waters up in a heap broke the water's legs. And all of a sudden, the water came back and they said this, Let us flee! <laughs> Let us flee! For the God of heaven fights for Israel. Now you see them going just as fast the other way, beating them horses, looking back. But all of a sudden, he breaks the legs of the water. And all that water came in on that crowd. And the past that Israel remembered is drowned. Just like yours exists no more. Theirs was buried in God's mighty power. I want you to look at Exodus 14 and 30. I'm done. Exodus 14 and 30. It says this. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day. <laughs> I'm just going to read it again. Uh, look, at, look, at, look, at, look, at, look at verse number 30. And the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord. And believe the Lord and his servant Moses. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the enemy. I sure am glad to know that it brought faith, it brought belief, it brought joy just seeing those dead Egyptians floating up on the beach, floating up on the seashore, floating up on land. They seen everything that represented their past. And now they have been delivered. Now they have faith. 
Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day. And I show I'm glad he did it just like he saved me. Just like he saved you. Number one, we were a defeated people. We wandered around aimless and hopeless and helpless without God. But then God sent a messenger to us. Every one of us got a Moses. Moses went into the heart of hell and said, God said, let my people go. Somebody was your Moses. Somebody preached a deliverance message to you and told the devil in no uncertain times, let him go. He's mine. Oh, the devil's heart was hardened. And the devil decided he'd fight every step of the way. But oh, then an angel of the Lord stepped in. An angel of God moved in. And I sure am glad that the defeat that we were suffering caused us to cry out to God. And the Bible says, And Israel cried out unto God with a desperate plea. And God's dynamic power moved. And all of a sudden there was a supernatural influence on the grounds. And God moved. And then he drowned everything to do with the memory of where they'd been. If you don't get nothing else this morning, don't miss that. He has drowned the rider and the horseman. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is greatly to be praised. The Lord is the chief warrior and mighty to receive glory. The Lord has drowned things behind us so that we can move on into our future. We don't have to worry what God has watered. We do not have to worry about what God has wilted. We do not have to worry about what's behind us. It's floating upon the land. He has drowned our past. And we now are free to move into the wilderness of Shur and watch the waters next week of maturity. God doesn't always give you a miracle. Those are miracle waters when the waters roll back. But in just a few short days, they're going to be without water. Your life can go from miracles to maturity real quick. Don't miss next week. I want to ask you a question. How many of you are in this auditorium this morning and you know, not because you're proud, not because you're arrogant, not because you're somebody, not because you're polished and you're privileged, but you know this morning if you was to die right now, you'd go to heaven. You know it. You know it, no doubt. I mean, you may not be the greatest Christian in the world, but you are one. 
All right, you can put your hand down. Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand. I got some doubt about it. And I didn't raise my hand. Where does that put me? It puts you in the lost column. It puts you in the column that's Christless. It puts you in the column, no matter how much religion you got, if you don't have the righteousness of Christ, it puts you in the lost column. And you can't win by losing. You can't go any further and call yourself a Christian just because you can sit down in a church or sing out of a hymn book or off a screen or because you know the song by heart. Do you know the Savior on purpose? Do you know him? These are waters of deliverance. Or are you a defeated people? Are you desperate enough this morning to cry out to him? And say, I'm sick of straw, I'm sick of mud, I'm sick of mortar, I'm sick of doubt, I'm sick of Egypt, I'm sick of Pharaoh, I'm sick of the whip on my back, boy, the tax master Satan, he'll beat you into little bitty pieces to have you. But Jesus paid it all. And he is the water of deliverance. And through his supernatural power, he'll roll them back. But let me say this, nobody went through because somebody else toted them. They went through because they walked. They walked. Will you walk out into waters of deliverance? You say, I'm 67 years old, been in church all my life. All that means is without Christ, you're just a 67-year-old person in the lost cause. But I'm a church member. Let me break that down for you. That means you're a church member in the lost column with a lot of church members. Are you afraid to trust him? You ought to be afraid not to. Are you scared of the Christian life because you can't live it? You can't. Let me tell you before you get into it, you can't, but I promise you this, you can't miss if you have Christ in your life. And the power, the dynamic power, they didn't say we can't go over, we ain't got no way, because the power moved behind them and shielded them from the enemy and said, Walk! Can you walk? Can you walk? You don't have to believe. Look! And I want to tell you something. It's so plain this morning, you can look and see reasons in this auditorium that you ought to trust Christ. If for no other reason, you can look at the preacher and tell if God brought him in, the door's open to everybody. And it is open to you. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, thank you so much this morning for waters that picture deliverance. They came out of Egypt through the waters of deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for a defeated people. Thank you, Lord. For a desperate plea. They didn't stay defeated long because they cried to God. God heard them. And God brought a dynamic that saved them. A dynamic power that transformed them. And they walked out of their misery into the mighty power of God. 
just because of what God did for them. And I want to thank you that everything behind them was drowned. Nothing has to be brought with them. Nothing has to be carried any longer. Egypt is history. Egyptians are history. Egypt's class, culture, and kind is history. Thank you, Lord. If somebody wants to lose their past this morning, they can. In Christ, in the Holy Ghost, and in the blood. Steve's playing something on the piano for us. I want everybody to stand and just stand right where you are. If you will, just tolerate me a moment. Tolerate me for just a moment. Let me ask you if I can this morning. If you're a child of God and you would bless His name either where you're standing or you would find you a place here in the altar. And I want some of you to do that and pray for lost people. How many of you would slip out of your seat and say, I'm saved by grace, preacher. But I'm coming to kneel to thank God that He drowned it where I left. He drowned the people that I left from. He's drowned the memory and influence of where I came from. I don't have to live with it hanging and lingering over my head any longer. I don't have to worry about that broken family. I don't have to worry about broken promises. I don't have to worry about broken pieces. I don't have to worry about broken people. I can walk out today and walk into Christ and watch the waters of deliverance drown my path. Oh God, thank you for this wonderful reality. Now I'm going to ask you, Lord, please, to bless these folks on their knees. These folks standing and crying out to you in their seat. God bless them. Let the Holy Spirit do a work like never before in somebody this morning to save them. We'll give you all the glory. Help me pray, church. Help me pray. Help me pray.